Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Welcome back to The DK Project. Special guest zooming in today. We've got Ducky from The Land Before Time. It's Arya Curzon. How are you? I am so glad to be here. Hi, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. How are you? Is this what uh, is this what you're you're known for? Is Ducky? That's your that is you. Oh yes, yep, yep, yep. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so obviously, uh, for my listeners who aren't familiar, uh, Arya is a voice actress who does cartoons on cartoons on cartoons i suppose you do commercials too you're not going to turn business away i mean really oh heck no. so commercials film. <laughs> they uh uh they, but this has kind of been your bread and butter is this land before time right yes i got the job when i was eight years old and we did the last movie when i was about 26 so they kept me working man that is impressive i uh i love the character world i uh you know, and as my listeners have heard, I've, I've done a lot of uh, voiceover training and voiceover retreats and voiceover yada, yada, yada. But I met Debbie Derryberry in uh, at one of the retreats in Ireland. And just to see her go is absolutely blew me away to to see a true professional character actor do their thing. It's it's baffling, especially when it's a you know, you've got kind of a a higher pitched voice to begin with. But then when you you know, like if you can speak that way, it's just fascinating to me. I mean, some people are probably like, ah, big deal, but it's not as easy as they think. Cause a lot of people think you just do that voice and then, oh, all of a sudden you're ducky, but you have to like, you know, uh, react in that voice. You have to laugh with that voice. You have to, you know, create, uh, an act with that voice. And that is not easy to oh, do. Yeah. A lot of screaming and falling and grunting and oh yeah. Um, it, that's true. When I was eight years old, I will say it was just about pretty much my voice, but um, I grew up and I had to, while other characters aged out, uh, especially the boy character, Littlefoot, um, I had to kind of keep working at, at maintaining the role as long as I did. And then eventually they stopped questioning it because I was not going to give up that part. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, people like Debbie, I've, I've worked with her. She's uh, they're they're incredible. They were so inspirational for me as a kid because I was just myself. But seeing them and how versatile they were, it's definitely inspiring. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, I don't I, did you say you've met her? Or yeah, I've met her. I've worked with her a lot of voiceover people I've worked with, but I only kind of realize it later on because I look at the, the cast list and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know they were in this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's funny because I, uh, you know, she's all a four foot two. Um, but just a pistol, I, I, I was blown because I'm six, two, unless I got my big shoes on. Uh, but just to, just to stand here, I look like a giant, which was really pretty interesting, but, uh, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I do a lot of explainers and commercials and narration. I'm, I'm trying to get towards the character world, but it's a whole thing onto itself and it, and it's impressive um, but you know, the, the world is moving that way. I mean, everything is now animation or, uh, CGI. I mean, you know, the, uh, the real actor world is, is probably, what do you, what do you, it's probably not 50, 50, but it's probably getting pretty close with all the superhero oh, yeah. stuff and cartoons. It's, it's amazing. 
especially now, um, yeah, everything is kind of going virtual on some level or another. And yeah. And yeah, there's always going to be voiceover work to do. Even if you're an on-camera actor, you got to go in sometimes and fix a line or, you know, do, right. uh, do some of that back-end stuff. So, or do a promo for your own film. <laughs> there you go. Are you, what, what are you working on currently? Well, currently I'm uh, doing some, I'm get, trying to get into like audiobooks just because it's something I've never done before. And I have some friends with, uh, who have author friends and they're like, Hey, friend, why don't you let her do your book? So I'm uh, I'm working towards that, but I'm also getting more into the music realm of things since my fiance is a violinist. He's excellent, like world-class and Ooh. I sing. Nice. So we're kind of doing some stuff together and just exploring what that can be. I How perform fun with is that? I, uh, yeah. I like the music side of it. That's kind of foreign to me completely, you know, especially, uh, it looks like you're, you're, the people who are only listening to the audio, your, your set there is pretty strong. It looks like a drum kit and uh, you got all the goodies in there, huh? Exactly. Yeah. I got his, his drums uh, and well, all my little toys and things. <laughs> um, and then I have a keyboard over here and, but downstairs is where the real magic happens. I'll say. Nice. Uh, all the other, the bass and the guitars and the violins and the everything else. And he can play all of those. Yes, he oh. can play so many things. It's ridiculous. He he's the, a master violinist, but he's really good at, at the rest of it too. His brain just works like that. I guess comes from a musical family. Man, that's cool. A, a master violinist. That's that's a talent. I I some of the uh, you know stuff that's out there. You, you never you always forget about the violinists or the you know. But that oh man, what a talent. Now now before we got on the air here, we were talking about your little award there to your right, my left. And yes. uh, you were telling me that this is this is a voice award you got here. It is, and uh, this is a Clio award, and um, this which is a kind of like the Emmys for radio and television advertising. Um, and I won this at, for my performance. I don't even know if the commercial itself won an award for like cop- copyright or any any of that stuff, but yeah. I won. When I was 10 years old, the 1997 Silver Cleo for the United Way of Arizona uh, PSA called I'm Nobody, which I still remember word for word to this day. It was like a poem. Ooh, so it had an effect on you. That's good. It did. And I sounded very little like I could do some of it for you right now if you want to hear it. It's very like emotional. No, I don't want to hear it. This is a comedy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to trust you that it's very touching, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But you know what? We can, we can add it in at the end. Um, it's about like homeless, being a homeless kid. It's like sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, no, that's a rain on the parade. And I, I, uh, you can't see it in my studio. And by the way, you were reading the label on that award. It makes me think that you've been nominated and received a lot of awards where my shelf, on the other hand, you can't see it, but it has a lot of open space. <laughs> for awards we've only just Lots begun <laughs> i uh, uh have you won others well nothing as big as this one i i did win a few there was an award show yearly award show called the young artist awards of hollywood and it was specifically geared towards young actors because as you know a lot of the regular award shows are for adults even though young people have won them it's rare right um so i have a couple of those one for like my role in prince of egypt which was so small but that was very nice of them um and another for i think annabelle's wish which is another voiceover thing i did i'd have to go look at them i forget but i was like 
10 or 12, you know, around there. So how did you, how did you get started now? You started when you were six, but it was, was it just like, you know, Hey, I want to do this. I want to follow my, you know, favorite actress on uh, TV. And now all of a sudden, boom. I mean, cause at six, it's like, I've got a 15 year old and he's wants to be a YouTube star like every other 15 year old. But how do you actually <laughs> take that step from, and at six, you don't even know what you're doing at six. You have no idea what life is at six or what even, I know it was a weird contradiction because I, I saw all these kids and stuff on, on shows that I loved. And I, my role model at the time was Shirley Temple. Oh, and you're not that old. I know. Well, Hey, we had her VHS tapes. I mean, I did grow up in the nineties and she was still, she's still iconic. So she's lived on in all of her work. Um, and I just, I was also kind of her type. I had little short curly hair and I had a cute voice and my parents are both musicians. Um, so they've been in the performing world, not quite acting, but still performing. Sure. And my mom just kind of thought she kept getting people saying, Oh, she has such a cute voice. She should do something. And so she, she kind of did the legwork for me. She went out there and found an agent, got me uh, an interview, which went horribly. I was so shy and I was like up on this stage and they were asking me questions and I kept forgetting like everything, like my name. I didn't know it, but they still thought I was cute enough to take on because I was so little and that's kind of how it goes. Um, and it just went from there. Like it, it picked up pretty quickly and my mom really uh, helped, obviously helped, helped me get a lot of opportunities. Um, she wasn't like typical stage mom. I enjoyed it the whole time. And I always knew that I didn't have to do it if I didn't want, but I had pretty much nothing but great experiences. Wow. That's great. And on top of that, you time that little description for the amount of time that this tornado siren's going off in my background. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Perfect. So, um, (laughs) So did you have any coaching or any, any like training right out of the gate? Um, I don't remember early, early on. I got my first commercial of like three or four months, maybe after I started auditioning. And then uh, wow. I was with a lot of, I was a lot of kids I would come to work with later on, like Francesca Smith, who was in recess and Miko Hughes, who was in pet cemetery Ooh. and all kinds of other movies later on. Um, and we became friends. So I, I did that. And then uh, a voiceover commercial shortly after. And I think I did have a couple acting coaches early on. One was named Chamber Stevens. And he was kind of known for being the, the kids comedy coach of Hollywood. Um, and he coached me for my auditions and callback for the first movie I ever got, which was called Santa with Muscles with Hulk Hogan. I wanted to ask wrestler. you about that. How was it working with the Hulkster? Oh, it was so fun. And and not only him, but he had all of his like beefy, you know, wrestler friends on set all the time. And he would cast some of them as like, um, you know, stunt guys. And just so I had a great time. Um, they were all very nice to me. And he was very cool. Like, was it his he was movie? very considerate? Huh? Was it his movie? Like, did he put it together or was he just an actor? Uh, that's a good question. He might have been on the producer end of things, but. He was just mainly the lead. And um, I don't even know really how all of that worked together in the end, but it was a, it was really fun. It was a Christmas movie. So even though it's kind of known for being cheesy and like really campy, it still comes around every year and people watch it. What a weird 
thing to blend together, Hulk Hogan and Santa for, you know, Christmas. It's kind of, that's a couple of things yeah. that maybe aren't real. <laughs> it, seriously. Well, that was kind of the funny thing is he actually played this billionaire playboy guy named uh, Blake, Blake something, but he hit on the head and there's this con artist guy who convinces him to be that he is Santa so, because he's trying to like make money through this, you know, thing. And so uh, eventually he comes to uh, connect with this orphanage where myself, Adam Wiley and Mila Kunis, who mm. went on to do everything, were uh, the only unwanted orphan orphans at this, <laughs> at this orphanage. And, uh, yeah. So do you and like that? Do you like the on-screen stuff better? Um, it depends on my mood. I liked, I feel like if, if I only did voiceover for the rest of my life, I'd be thrilled because it is my comfort zone and I feel really happy just getting to go into a session and go home. And it's very simple, Right. but every now and then I'd like to pepper in on camera because keep you sharp it's just experience. Yeah. What um, I'm looking at your IMDB here. Were you on mad about you? The TV show? I was, uh, I played, <laughs> I was in the final episode. Um, it was like a future, you know, not a flashback, but a future flash or flash future, whatever those are called, <laughs> where um, uh, Ira, their friend, and they were all going to this movie and Cindy Lauper was a guest. She played his wife and she played my mother. Nice. Yeah. It was very small, but she was fun. I have a picture with her. And uh, I, I, a lot of these people, I didn't really know who they were when I was young, but my mom was thrilled, you know? Right, um, right. Oh, you were just a little kid then, I suppose. Well, I was maybe 12 or 13, sure. but I still didn't really know Cindy Lauper. Like, I knew maybe that about girls just want to have fun, but yeah. I had Well, I've heard good things it. that she's she's good people, so I... Uh, yeah. I, I imagine it's been that way the whole time. She, she, uh, she's been around forever. Um, it's still killing it. Still, uh, still oh, knocking it down. Which one of these, you've got a huge IMDB. Which one of them is your favorite? You think obviously w excluding land before time, because you've worked on that forever. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, let's see. Well, I, I did another Muppets? radio show for 10 years, which isn't on my IMDB because it's a radio show. And there's a couple, there's a few things missing on there. I just realized, but, it was called Adventures in Odyssey, and I was I was on it for ten years as a character called Mandy, which is another thing that people know me as. So to me, that's also close to my heart. How does that um, work then? It's just on the radio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's focused on the family. It's a radio drama, so they have sound effects and stories and music, but it's on uh, people. And I don't even know now where, like, what station it's on because I haven't listened to the radio in forever. Yeah, uh, the actual radio. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been the show itself has been around for like thirty years. So it's is just that like one a of those Prairie things. Home Companion kind of a thing? Mm -hmm. But more of like a through line story cent centralized around this this town called Odyssey and all the characters that live oh, in it. What a fun idea! Wow, you better get that up on your page. Yeah, I know I should. But other than that, I think I'm trying to think. Like some of my '90s TV things were fun. Yeah, I love. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, that was a fun one for me because I liked the show before I got on it. So <laughs> I to meet those that fun. is cool, and then you get to meet all the all the people involved, which is uh, could be good, could be bad, I guess. You know, some of the reality checks there are probably a rude awakening.
Hey everybody, it's time to talk about Chong's Choice. You know Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong fame? Well, he's not just a comedian and actor. He's also an entrepreneur. Introducing Tommy Chong's newest line of cannabis products, Chong's Choice. These products are some of the best cannabis products grown by growers selected by Tommy Chong himself, along with his quality control team. If you're interested, go to TommyChong.com. Use the code TC-079K. And also, add the name DK Project to your order. You can also use the code to order merch, CBD, experience the nano CBD difference, feel it faster, feel it stronger, shop nano CBD, shop merchandise. There's all kinds of good stuff on the TommyChong.com website. What better place to get your cannabis products than from the master himself? TommyChong.com. Just make sure you add the DK Project as your order name and you're good to go. Special thanks to the good folks at Grady Restoration. If you're in need of some insurance restoration work, not sure if you have any hail damage, storm damage, wind damage, give them a call. 952-472-1570 or look them up on the web at GradyRestoration.com. Time to talk a little tech. Something you may not be familiar with, but need to be. ExpressVPN. Did you know that sending unencrypted data is like sending a postcard through the mail? Everyone can see it. ExpressVPN protects you from hackers who try to steal your private information. ExpressVPN also gives you unrestricted access to all parts of the internet. This especially applies to those of us here in Minnesota, where Fox Sports North has decided not to work with anyone so you can't get your favorite games on your TV. ExpressVPN allows you to reroute your connection to a server in a country of your choice, making geo-restrictions a thing of the past. ExpressVPN is offering my listeners three extra months when you sign up for a 12-month package. Go to ExpressVPN forward slash the DK Project and click on the limited time offer for DK Project listeners. Start watching all the programming you want and unleashing stuff you didn't even know was out there. Netflix in other countries, Spotify in other countries, prices are different, what they're showing is different. Check it out. ExpressVPN forward slash the DK Project. What'd you do on the Muppets? Oh, I, I totally forgot about that. That was another really awesome one because the, earlier that year, I made a vision board kind of thing, which I'd never done. And I had I had put three people I wanted to work with, and one of them was Amy Adams. I don't know. I just wrote her down. And like four months later, I got an audition for The Muppets. It was a one-line. I was a waitress. And it was a one-line just saying, like, are you, you know, are you expecting anyone else or something like that? And uh, I got to the, the uh, costume fitting, and they told me that I was going to be in the scene with Amy Adams. And I was like, ah, I just I was like so excited. She has been a huge, I've been a huge fan of hers for a long time. So it was. She's what, the one that was in Wedding Crashers? Amy, not Wedding Crashers. She was in Enchanted. She's done so much. She was just in Hillbilly Elegy. She's been, she was in that movie. Oh, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was. Actually, ironically, she was in there too. Uh, in where? In uh, Wedding Crashers. Wasn't she a crazy sister? That was, there's a couple redheads in that. But I don't remember her. I was thinking I remember, of Rachel uh, I loved Is Wedding Rachel Crashers. Adams? Huh? Rachel Adams oh, Rachel, was her name. Rachel Adams. Yeah, this is Amy Adams. She was also in a, a favorite movie of mine growing up called, um, I was based in Minnesota. I was about a small town beauty competition. Ooh. Now I can't remember the name. Really? That's where, that's where like I first saw her, but it was a big song and dance musical number. And I got to be kind of the, that 
ended it all. She was like singing and dancing and everything. And then I like interrupted with my line and brought her back to reality. So Did you get to see how it all worked? How all what worked? All the Muppet stuff? You know, I that's the funny thing is I didn't actually get to interact with any Muppets. I was a little bummed about that. Um, it was just her in the Mel's Diner in Hollywood. And she was, it was this point in the movie where she was kind of feeling rejected because her boyfriend was going off to do things with the Muppets and she felt all alone. So she was singing about having a me party and just doing what she wanted. And <laughs> she was at the diner and, um, and then there were, they, they interspliced other scenes from other things that were happening, but I never, there weren't any Muppets in our vicinity. I got you. Wow. How fun that is. Uh, yeah, that I, you know, it's funny. Cause you, um, I was just talking to somebody who else, uh, who also was on the Muppets and it's funny cause you, um, you know, you could catch, you know, reruns of everything, but it's very hard to find a rerun of, uh, of the Muppets just because they're just not out there. And I think, I, I think there's some, you know, legal buying thing going on right now where we're going to be seeing Muppets soon, but I think it's in the process of of a major buyout of something, uh, but you just can't find it anywhere. And and I think that was, you know, for people, you were probably closer to the end of it because um, I'm a little bit older than you are. Um, but that was a big deal for us watching the Muppets. Like that was that was you know CGI at the time. I mean, that was as fancy as we got. Oh, absolutely! That was all the practical stuff, and I mean. It's weird because the Muppets did cross over. I grew up on Sesame Street. Yep. And I know those those are all Muppets. And there's Kermit, who is a Muppet. He was in Sesame Street. But mm-hmm. not all th- those Muppets are the same as the Muppet show. Like, they're still separate somehow, right? Did you ever do uh, Sesame Street? No, I wanted to so bad. But I got to visit the set once because I went to PBS for, like, an audition or something. And just started moving around the... <laughs> Wow. A lot. Is that still that on? Like, are they still making yeah. new Sesame Streets? I think they are. I think they are. Because I remember recently they talked about some slightly controversial topic that they were going to be introducing. And it was a whole thing. Oh, so yeah. I'm pretty sure they, they still are. Wow. That's cool. So what, uh, yeah. what, what's your, uh, what's your voiceover sweet spot uh, uh, after you get done with the cartoons? Are you, you know, you said you were trying to get into the book narration kind of a thing. Uh, what, what's been your favorite part? I mean, obviously cartoons are big, <laughs> but is, yeah. is, is there anything else you do a lot of? Um, growing up, I did a lot of radio. Uh, I did a lot of commercials, uh, mm-hmm. radio commercials. Um, and that was fun because, you know, it's just something different every time. And it was just, I loved, I loved any of it. But I think animation, probably because I do know how to, you know, get that character and the energy up and that read. And I'm good at delivering like a read in three different ways and different things like that. But one thing I really want to do is explore more of my range because I already have a unique voice. It's been, that's been kind of my bread and butter. Um, I got one role. I had gone to, to um, Colorado to do a live 20th anniversary of that radio show I told you about. Okay. And I was looking around at, we were on stage in front of an audience doing the show. I was looking around at all the, all the adults with me. And I was like, man, you know what? I want to do something different. I want to expand and try something new. And I got back home and I finally got an audition for a boy voice, which as you know, a lot of women do little boy voices. Yep. 
I didn't think I was going to be any good at it, but I was like, I'm going to do this. And I got it. Really? It was this little bully. And it, all he sounded was like, so what are you going to do about it, punk? And <laughs> I didn't think it sounded like a boy. I don't really think girl women sound like boys, but I know for the purposes of animation, it works. And I got the job and I was like, wow, okay, wow, that's I cool. can do this. <laughs> that's cool. Cause there's so much competition in that area that, you know, and then especially if you can cross over like that and, and pick up something, you know, that's cool. I, I, someday, someday, I don't know that I'll ever be able to do a, a, a little boy voice or, or anyone young for that matter. I, uh, but I'd love to get into it. It's, it's such a fun, fun world to, uh, explore, but you know, that in video yeah. games, have you ever done any video games? Only I wanted to, I only did one for like, it was in relation to a show that I was doing. So okay. it, I think they kind of use some of the, the lines for the video game. Okay. Um, I did one that actually was directed by Gordon Hunt. It was about the, I don't even know if that's on my IMDb, but I played spool. <laughs> I played a spool, like a little spool of thread. Nice. So, anthropomorphized character. But th- I think that was a video game. Um, but yeah, that's the fun thing about voiceover. Like if anybody's interested in it, you never know what, part of your voice like just start experimenting with the, <laughs> the breathiness or the you know the volume or the uh, and tone or you know there's like so many different ways you can try things and you never know what's gonna come out and be something fun to play with how is how is how has the industry changed i mean i'm not trying to divulge your age but there's a gap between six and where you are now what, uh, what, how, how has it evolved? I mean, I, I, you know, I've got my equipment that obviously I try to stay up on the latest, greatest, stay ahead of the game, but even like, you know, not even going into studios or, or, or directed sessions or anything. I mean, how going, you're six, it's gotta be a whole new world now. Cause you can actually go to your studio that you have in your basement and, and pop one out where before at six, you got to go in front of people, have them eyeball you and, and put a little pressure on you. How has it changed and what, what do you like most about where we are now? And is there anything you'd like to say that you missed from before? Absolutely. I can see both sides of it. I like the accessibility. Obviously people, it's nice to not even have to drive across town and leave your house. And I know a lot of people who do more work and all kinds of stuff from their, their homes. And as you do as you know, as I do sometimes, but, um, I miss that human aspect because I, when I was little, I was auditioning in person and I was a lot of gas, a lot of time, but I would go to, from audition to audition, audition several a day usually. And I feel like because I took direction well, it really upped my chances because they would help me through my audition and give me a little tweak here and there and it would bring out the best. And then all of a sudden when things started to change to do auditions from home or even from my agency, I felt like I didn't have that kind of feedback that I really relied on to bring out the best in my performance. So you have to be very self-aware now of what sound, what they're looking for and what sounds commercially appealing, what sound, you know, how to work best with the mic. You have to know your stuff on a different level now. I think. I would totally Um, agree with that. Do you, do you, um, do you, uh, find that, uh, and you kind of alluded to it there, but, but like a lot of times you'll throw an audition out there and, and you don't hear anything. You, you get nothing mm-hmm. where, where if you're at a, in front of a, you know, 
a group of people, they're going to give you feedback right away and say, hey, maybe you can tweak this this way or maybe try it this way. Where now you don't get that. You just, you know, shoot it out there and yada, yada, yada. There's so many people competing that they'll find it eventually. Exactly. And sometimes they only listen to your track for three seconds before deciding to move on because they have hundreds of people to get to. And that gave me a lot of anxiety at first because I would sit there and listen back and Oh, I don't like that one line. So I would do the whole thing over again and then I'd get do it again and again and then I get frustrated and I'd delete everything. And <laughs> it was just like I I got too perfectionistic. I'm like, I don't need to be the engineer. This is not good for my psyche. Right. <laughs> um and then I'd find I did all that work and I, you know, it's much easier to just go in, do it t- once or twice and give be given a few notes and then move yeah, on. I totally agree. But yeah. um you what get you- faster at it with time. How uh how long would it take like for a land before time for a movie? You know, how long does that take? What, you know, cause I know in a traditional acting setup, there's probably a lot more time involved setting up this, setting up that. How, how long does it take you to do a show or a movie um, from your, you know, if you're playing in a pretty strong role in it, what, what, what kind of time does that take? Well, you know, it's interesting because I just talked with the, some of the, uh, um, crew, I would say, team of Land Before Time, the producer and the songwriters. And I found out that the producer works on one Land Before Time for like up to 18 months. Wow. But we get brought in the voice actors for only one or two days, usually, even if we're a main character, which I was. The the uh, recording sessions, maybe three days, but before we were all together pretty much in the same booth, lined up, and we get to interact but nowadays they seem to bring you in one or maybe two at a time and you have to act off of nothing, which is, um, it's different, but it kind of also makes the process go by a lot faster because there's a lot less joking around. And Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And I, I, I got to imagine that, uh, did they just have you come in and these are all your speaking parts? Just bang them out. Like, I, and that's gotta be well, extra difficult because you've got no one to bounce it off of no one to like interact with. Yeah, basically, we used to, for the first handful, we would actually get together at Universal Universal Studios a lot and do a read-through. So that was always a fun little reunion. And then shortly after, we'd record. And that was early on in the process because they have to animate to our performances. So all of the rest of the bulk of the work was the animation and stuff. Um, And yeah, we would get our scenes and the director, if it was just us, the director would be like, okay, and Littlefoot is just, you know, and he's reaching for the tree star and, and you have to go watch out Littlefoot, you know, so she'll give you something and you go and then you respond to that. But it's still different. You know, it's still, I like to have the people around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just, you know, I, as I know, you can sit your studio all day and never see or hear from anybody it's just nice to be real people you know it especially is. during these covid times it's uh yeah it's definitely and then there a was also challenge. The, the the song the songs which is a separate recording session usually months later and that was also one or two days so all in all like probably four or five days wow wow to wrap that up that's crazy <laughs> that's not a lot of time at all are, are you uh, are you working on any uh, new uh, cartoons like uh, like what's the one I watch F is for Family I watch that one all the time um, any any of the new adult stuff you know that's you know kind of taken over <laughs> you, you know that's 
I wish, honestly, uh, not right now. I kind of took a break, to be honest, from the from the industry on some level, because these last five years I've been there's been a lot of stuff to deal with in regular life that I haven't been able to really like put my focus on sure. getting out there, but I'm working on a demo. That's kind of been one of those things. I'm reworking my demo. Okay. And I do have a lot of friends who are working on projects and currently on different things. I, I know Butch Hartman, who's the um, animator creator of fairly odd parents. And I know he has a lot of stuff coming up. So I'm, I'm counting on him. I'm like, keep me in mind, but uh, nothing on the docket currently, Yeah, but I, that could change at any moment. <laughs> so how, how much, uh, has have you, you've been a Hollywood kid your whole life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was the, what was the question? Oh, I, your, your videos kind of frozen. I'm like, wow, she's really thinking about it. Um, you grew up in Hollywood. Have you been a, a Hollywood the whole time? Um, have I been? Yeah. I mean, I, I was born, um, just outside of that. Well, I was born in Hollywood technically at a hospital in Hollywood, but I was raised just outside of LA. Okay. Um, so I guess I've been a Hollywood kid the whole time. Um, but right now I'm living down near San Diego. So that's the other thing, the proximity, even though you can audition from home and all that stuff, it's a different mindset than being in the thick of LA. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. I, uh, in Minnesota, we don't uh, we don't have a lot of that uh, in person kind of stuff just because they're so far removed. But I, uh, yeah. I I noticed that, and I got to think that that's you know that growing up in that world, it's just night and day from the middle of the country or even on the East Coast. The East Coast is different than everywhere. You know, it's just it's interesting to hear that uh, there are people that have actually done that and, and grown up their whole life in that environment. How do you like the San Diego area? Oh, I love it. It's, it's a uh, very refreshing. It's kind of like a, I don't know, a lot, a lot less stressy and there's not people, people live there because they want to live there not because they're like every other person is trying to make a career for themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I, I really like the vibe and it's not, you know, it's not too far from LA if I ever need to get back for no, anything. Not at all. My sister so actually, good. or my sister, my daughter actually goes to uh, San Diego state um university so i've been heading out to san diego quite a bit i'm actually going out there at the end of the month um because i you know i there's a lot of things i don't like about your fair state but uh you can't beat that weather damn you know it's it's been cloudy here for the last week and a half and i I, you know i'll go anywhere for sun and you guys have it all the time we really do. I know I hate us for you because that's just, it's not fair. I'm so spoiled. I, I grew up a t- through and through California girl. If it's like lower than 70 degrees, I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't do this. Well, today uh, we're like high forties. So it's brutal. Oh, it's wow. brutal. Well, listen, we got to wrap this thing up. I uh, I can't thank you enough for all the time. You've been great. I love hearing the stories about all the different projects you've been involved with. And and it sounds like uh, you're you're going to be making a stride to uh, get back in back in the game. Um, Absolutely. I I I, uh, I love the idea of the the master violinist too. That's so cool. Um, oh yeah, he's awesome. I should send you a video. I'll send you one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I would love to see it. I, I, we should talk to him. That's exciting. Um, get the oh, two definitely. of you together. Um, but uh, 
why don't uh, why don't we uh, stay in touch and see uh, and see where you head? Because I, I got to think you're going to be uh, popping up on some of these new cartoons that are uh, being made. Because it seems like everything's going that way. And I and I, I love the voices and the talent. It's such a skill that uh, I can appreciate because I can't do it. I'm working on it, but I can't do it. Where can people find <laughs> you? Do you do a lot on social media or anything? I am on social media. I have my Instagram, what my official acting one, which is Ari, it's long, Aria Noel Curzon official. And then I have my podcast Instagram, which is tuned in with Aria. Oh, you get the podcast. Um, I didn't even bring it up. Cause it's oh, not, yeah. cause it's not out yet, but Ari is putting together a podcast called tuned in T O O N E D. I yes. I like it. I like it. And, and that should be released. What are we talking? 30 days, 60 days. Oh, definitely within 30 days. I'm so close to the, the first one, which is with Rob Paulson, who you may know. Yeah. He was Pinky and Pinky in the Brain, y- Yakko, Donatello, all right. of, everything, so many things. So, um, yeah, probably I'd say two weeks. I'm going to give myself that deadline, oh, two man. weeks. No, we're going to say a week and a half. Tighten it up. Okay. Got to push yourself. Okay. Put it on the vision board. I love it. So okay. once that does come out, you'll have to send us a link and we'll get it out to all of our listeners so they can hear what you're up to. Are, are you talking primarily voiceover stuff? Or are you, is it characters or what are you doing? Uh, uh, what's the base on the podcast? Well, it sort of started as a reason just to reconnect with people. Mm-hmm. I like asking questions. I like learning about people's experiences. So that first one was very casual. We just kind of talked about, oh, you know, the past and different things and a little bit of his experience, but I'm trying to narrow the focus a little bit um, towards, I don't know, some kind of structure. I'm working it out, but mainly it's reconnecting with friends and discussing our own various individual experiences growing up in the Hollywood industry. Oh man, that's cool. That's cool. People have to check it out. It's called Tuned In. And we're going to say a week and a half it'll be released. So you're going out everywhere, uh, Apple, Google, everywhere, of course. You know, yes, I will. But right now I am I have a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash tuned in with Aria. So you can find, you can subscribe there and That's I'll be good. posting the videos there. But I will be doing the rest of it. I got to figure that out, actually. Any uh, advice you have to give me will be great. <laughs> I was going to say, I know a guy who knows a lot about that. It, uh, it's not a okay. problem at all. So, um People check her out on Instagram and and all the social media platforms. Check out her YouTube channel and and give her some likes and subscribe because uh, it sounds like it's going to be a fun project. And uh, hopefully in a week and a half, the audio version will be out. Maybe depends on what uh, depends on what I tell her in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> so thank Absolutely. you again, Aria. You have a, a great day and we'll uh, check in with you later on. Thank you, Darren. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, thedkprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.